For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Barry Sanders, a big soccer moderator and known to those of you who frequent bigsoccer.com as Coach Barry. And uh, if you missed it on Wednesday, a disappointing result for the Revs going up against uh, the Colorado Rapids, who haven't who've been struggling recently. Um, a pretty good home team with the altitude advantage, uh, but still they're only six four and one at home going into the match. Uh, the Revs top of the league, um, obviously missing a few players, key players, and uh, Steve Ross from the national team, Clint Dempsey, Avery John, as well as Pat Noonan to injury. Uh, but Steve Nichol came out, played a conservative four five one formation with Dempsey up top. Uh, doesn't seem to be Dempsey's preferred position at uh, four. He seems to go back into the midfield a lot when he's up there and come away with a disappointing 2 nothing loss. Yeah, that, that, that game was just ugly. Uh, there's just no other word to describe it. And uh, to, be, to be rid of that game and still have uh, you know, the consequences of Dempsey's, red, uh, Dempsey's sec, uh, yellow card and, uh, and Reese's red card, which I didn't want to talk about that one. That was just dreadful. Uh, but uh, you know that game. That game's going to hurt us for another game after that. And uh, uh, just uh, it, it was bad. I, I think they could count themselves a little bit lucky that Jay Heaps did not get a red card in the play. Matt Reese had the red card for his attempt to grab the guy by the neck and throw him to the ground. A little, a little lucky that they only came away with one red card in that play. That 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 uh, that I'd agree with you on. I think that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with that team that day. It was just—it was not the team that we've enjoyed watching all season. They came out, uh, uh, like you said, with that conservative formation. It just threw everything, uh, just threw everything crazy, and, and it really showed. And, and the Revs didn't have a game uh, this weekend, uh, but they, there were some favorable results uh, through other games. You saw Los Angeles Galaxy finally get a road win, and at the expense of DC United, who have been really coming up at the Revs' heels. And the Revs have a crucial game against DC coming up. But now it's not quite as important with DC not getting the three points. Uh, the best DC could do is get, get within one point of the Revs, but they can't overtake the Revs if they won that match. Uh, Kansas City on Friday got a win over Chicago, and now they're just one point behind the Revs, but Chicago could have been tied with the Revs if they had won that. Uh, but the Revs do have a game in hand on Kansas City, so they're still in a good position. They still have their own their destiny in their own hands. First place in the league is still up to how they do, and they're still in a great position to be in despite that bad result on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, but it's really gut check time now for uh, for the Eastern Conference. I think most of the folks in the Western Conference can can uh, rest easy, knowing who's going to be in and who's going to be out. But in the East, 
I mean, even Columbus, they, they took a win and uh, have improved their position. So I think we're going to see uh, you know, the next uh, 10, 9 games for, for the rest of the Eastern Conference being very important games for everybody. Yeah, yeah, the four teams within four points right at the top of the league. Uh, the, the first place spot is really anybody's at this point. Uh, the Revs in it right now, and they have the, the best chances at it with um, a couple games in hands on the other opponents as well as the most points at this point. Uh, but you also have the Metro Stars only six points out of a playoff spot. And then uh, Columbus at this point, a uh, long shot with 14 points out. But the win against Dallas has really got to be a boost for them. And after the coaching change, they've been playing a lot better. The defense has shaped up, and it, it really could go anywhere at this point. It really could. The East was a lot of fun to watch this year, and uh, maybe it's the first year in a long time that the East has really shown to be uh, the dominant group of teams. And uh, Columbus's win, uh, you know, it, that's a help for us as well because uh, it, it prevented Dallas from picking up three points and gives us a little better position on the supporter shield. Yeah, Dallas have got off this great start, and everyone was talking about the MLS Cup final preview, Revs against Dallas. The Revs beaten Dallas twice already, and Dallas has really been struggling ever since the Revs got the first win against them. Uh, D- Dallas were off to be the top team in the league at one point, and now they're right down uh, six points out of first in just the Western Conference with San Jose ahead of them, and even tied for Los Angeles for second place. Yeah, D- Dallas is a, is, a, is, a, is a real surprise right now. Uh, like you said, they, they came out strong, and uh, they're, they're in a slump right now, but you know, they've got a lot of talent out there, and uh, I think you know, every team goes through these uh, periods. The Revs have had uh, periods where uh, you know, they're not putting the, those points on the board. Uh, I think Dallas is, is going to get out of this funk, and uh, if they can get uh, Ruiz to get his head straight and some of these other guys, I think they'll do just fine. And Eddie Johnson, another guy, Dallas, um, and also for the U.S. national team, Eddie Johnson's been out injured. Um, he's coming back. He hasn't looked sharp at all so far for Dallas. Uh, against the Revs, he didn't look sharp. He, uh, he barely got much involved. Um, against Columbus, he didn't look that much better, even a substitute role. And he, he's been a key player for the U.S. national team, ready, really, so recently. So he's a guy that not only for Dallas want them back, but um, as a U.S. fan, you want to see him back as well for that reason. Yeah, Ed Johnson, he, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of talent. I think he's just he's off right now because, of, because he hasn't gotten the games under his belt. But uh, you know, he's going to come around. He'll get a couple more games. He'll get uh, a full 90, and, uh, and then he'll end up being the kind of goal producer that he was. He's very dangerous, and I, 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 I think it's too early, really, to count him out. And one thing with the league this year, um, they add the reserve division, um, supposed to make a big boost in depth, but we've, we've still seen the Revs struggling without their starters. Uh, Dallas is in a situation where they're missing a few guys and they're struggling. Uh, but the Revs, uh, they're going to be missing another starter with Clint Dempsey and Matt Reese, as you mentioned earlier, out for the next game. Doug Warren's going to be asked to step in. He played a few minutes in the last game, um, had the penalty against that. I don't think you can really blame him for that. Uh, but he, he did pretty well in the Open Cup match that he played earlier, and it'll be interesting to see how he does against a D.C. squad that has a really good, strong offense. Yeah, I haven't seen Doug Warren play yet, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for something good from him. But uh, I guess I'm even less concerned with uh, with not having Dempsey on the field. I think we got we got lucky picking up Daniel Hernandez exactly when we did. Um, for for Dempsey to be out and to have uh, Hernandez be able to step in, I think the drop off in the midfield is going to be a lot less than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, even if without Hernandez, you still got a guy like Dorman who can go in there and step up. But in goal, it's uh, going to be a lot different. With a less experienced MLS player in Doug Warren, he, he did start a few games back in his D.C. time, uh, but he hasn't started for uh, an MLS game in a while, so it'll be interesting to see if he can step up and fill the very big shoes of Matt Reese the way he's been playing recently. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised to see a, uh, a change in formation for, uh, for Doug Warren's game. I think one of the things that Matt Reese gives us is... Um, 
is you know he's great with his feet, so he's practically a sweeper back there. It's like having an extra player on the field. Uh, I don't know if Doug Warren brings that, and if he doesn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see us go with four in the back. And then uh, coming up on Wednesday, uh, we have the MLS Select team taking on Real Madrid, and Steve Nichols is going to be coaching that. And you see three Revs players, the most of any team. You see Shawry Joseph, uh, Clint Dempsey, and Matt Reese all getting the call up for that. Um, a, a little, uh, you see Shawry coming up, and then he'll be able to play Saturday. But with Matt Reese and Clint Dempsey both suspended, I don't think that's a bad move to see Steve Nichols chose those two players as representing the Revs for that match. No, I think it's great. You, you get the two guys uh, a game in when otherwise they'd, they'd be uh, sitting down for the week. Uh, and, uh, you know, these are guys who um, I'm sure are interested in, in playing their best in Europe and, and having people watch them and, and possibly make offers for them. So, uh, you know, I think it's very interesting that the game happens at a time when the uh, transfer window is open and these guys are going to be showcased out in Europe, and uh, you know who knows who's going to be around uh, for much longer and who isn't. And we mentioned the DC game coming up. Uh, DC has got was was really off on a good run catching up to the Revs, but uh, with the disappointing loss to Los Angeles at home, um, they're really going to be even that more fired up against coming up time for the game against the Revs. Um, the Revs will obviously have back Steve Ralston and uh, Avery John and Clint. Oh, not Clint Dempsey because he was there anyways, but he was going to be out because of the suspension. Uh, but as well as Taylor Trauman back, and hopefully Pat Noonan finally returns from the injury that we've been expecting him back for a couple weeks now, and hopefully we'll have him back for that game. It should be a very interesting game, and it could have a big effect on the standings. It's definitely not a game to miss. Uh, I think uh, it is going to have a huge impact on the standings. I think any of these uh, interconference uh, games where uh, we're seeing, you know, they talk about these six-point games. This is going to be one of those great six-point games that, you know, three points to one team is going to mean a huge amount of uh, uh, position play on the uh, in the standings. Yeah, definitely an important game there. And as I mentioned earlier, just four points difference in the East. The Revs had gotten off to a big lead at the beginning of the season. Um, their their struggles, some struggles recently, uh, have made it a lot closer. And now they're in a situation where, if they want the supporter shield, every game is becoming more of a must-win now. Yeah, like I said, we're down to the last ten games. Uh, there's no more walking off the field at the end of the game saying, "Oh well, you know, it's it's just one." Uh, these last nine ten games for for every team are, are going to be important, and uh, you're going to see. Uh, with a lot of these teams picking up with the transfer window open, they're, they're picking up some new talent, they're going to put some new folks out there, they're really going to play their hearts out. You know, this is the time to really be, if you haven't watched uh, a lot of soccer before, you know, the, the last ten games of the season are, and this year anyway, I think, are really going to be the great games to watch. And with DC, we've seen some very exciting games between the Reza, the Eastern Conference Final last year, going into penalty kicks after a 3-3 tie. Uh, more recently this year, we saw the Revs win a 4-3 thriller game, and uh, D.C.'s really a, been a good offensive team this year, while the Revs have also been a, a great team at home, uh, tied for the most points per game with Los Angeles Galaxy at, as a home team, so it, the Revs have shown they can defend their home field, and it'll be interesting to see how that matchup plays out, and I expect a very good game. I think it's going to be a great game, and I think uh, you know now that the Revs uh, have been playing as well as they can, uh, you know teams like DC and the Chicago Fire, who've always given us great games, now we're giving them great games back. And when you get two teams who can put a great game on the field, playing against each other, and they're just they're brilliant to watch. And, and it's been, you know, it's been that attractive soccer. It hasn't been, uh, you know, those bunker in games. We've watched, you know, that, like you said, that, that four to three game, a lot of goals, uh, a lot of action on the field. It's been a lot of fun. And we mentioned earlier uh, the Revs missing a few players, the call-ups. 
for the U.S. game, also on Wednesday, we saw the U.S. get a one nothing win over Trinidad and Tobago in World Cup qualifying, and the win there guarantees the U.S. N- no worse than a fourth place finish. So really, at this at this point, you have to say the U.S. have basically qualified for the World Cup, even if they were to lose their uh, last four games, which seems unlikely. Uh, it's hard to imagine the U.S. not qualifying at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, the United States is going to Germany in, in 2006, without a doubt. Uh, these last few qualifiers um, will be about, uh, you know, uh, about pride. You know, do you want to come out on top uh, of, the, of the group, or do you want to kind of skate in at the end? And uh, uh, from what I've seen from Bruce Arena, as much as he likes to play with the roster and, and give guys an opportunity, he doesn't take any game for granted, and he's going to put great teams out there for the last few games, and uh, we're going to see some great soccer from the United States national team. And in that match, so the U.S. get off to an early start, 91 seconds in, Brian McBride uh, scoring the only goal of the match. Uh, so many chances. I, I saw at least eight or, eight or nine more chances that probably should have been goals. Um, finishing something that something that I think they need to worry about at this point after seeing that match. And I think that bodes well for Taylor Twelman. Uh, and uh, you know, I know the referee called back his goal as uh, as offside, but I think uh, the replay was was obvious to me anyway. He earned that goal. He was uh, was like a mirror of Brian McBride. You know, McBride's out there. He gets a goal in 90 seconds. Twelman gets you know what 10 minutes. He's out there for a few minutes. He puts the ball in the net. Um, when uh, the folks that Bruce Arena normally looks to to put the ball in the net are producing. And Twelman goes out there and puts the ball in. You know, that's good for him, and, and I think that uh, Arena would have to be looking at calling Twelman again, and uh, hopefully giving him more minutes and, and and having the United States produce more goals. Yeah, Twelman seems to have been very unlucky with his chances with the U.S. national team, getting called up, getting walking pneumonia, uh, other injuries or whatever. When he gets called up, now this time he scores a goal that uh, replays seem to show that it's onside, but gets called offside. He seemed to be pretty upset about it and. I don't blame him. It was about his 11th appearance now, um, and for a forward within 11 appearances for the national team uh, to be on Bruce Arena's radar, you really have to have gotten a goal at that point. But I, I think Twelman's really been unlucky in his chances with the U.S. Yeah, when you're a forward, you're you're really competing for you know two spots on the field. Um, he's not uh, you know he's not a midfielder competing for more space on the field. It's uh, you know it's uh, there's a lot of guys who want those two spots and. He's really got to uh, have more of an opportunity to get out there and, and show Bruce Arena that he deserves one of those two spots. Yeah, the U.S., that's one position that um, they do seem to have some good depth in uh, with even guys like Jeff Cunningham, who's done so well in MLS, uh, was on the bench for that match. And then we mentioned earlier Eddie Johnson, who seems to have cemented a starting spot or, or did before his injury, been out now, but he, he had been doing great before that, scoring a record amount of goals. And as a spot that the U.S. has some depth in, and that's... A, a really a good thing, I and mean, it's maybe a bad thing for a guy like Taylor Twelman, but it, it's a good thing for the nation as a whole to finally have positions where you can say you're five or six players deep. Yeah, I think you're right. It's great for the for the United States to have all these guys who can uh, who can potentially uh, fill those spots. I think uh, what we need to do though is is find somebody who'll do it consistently, and I think that's where the United States struggles. We have guys who have you know, a handful of great games, and then they either have an injury or their form drops off, and uh, then we're looking for somebody else to fill that spot. And I think, uh, you know, as we get to 06, I'm sure Arena's going to be looking for somebody who can uh, fill that spot consistently. Well, we saw Landon Donovan have some great performances in the Gold Cup, and then this game, he, he was very active, but uh, he blew a lot of chances that he really should have finished. Uh, we got to take a quick break here, and I'll be back with some more Revolution recap, and hopefully joining us will be Brad Feldman, the Revolution play-by-play announcer. 
Hi, this is Scott McPherson from the Sports Journal Live to tell you about my friends at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic. Whether you're involved in a sports injury like I was or involved in a motor vehicle accident, Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic will get you back on the road to recovery. The specialists at Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic in Somerset are the area's leaders in physical, occupational, and speech therapy and can help you get through the recovery process with first-rate attention and care. Clifton specializes in sprains and strains, hand and wrist splinting, stroke and neurological rehab, as well as post-surgical rehabilitation. For more information on Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, call 508-675-7589 or visit them on the web at cliftonhealthcare.com. That's Clifton Outpatient Rehabilitation Clinic, your first stop on the road to recovery. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines. A tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title of Marine. In the market for a late model, one-owner automobile? Then why not stop by Matthew Auto Sales? On Route 6 in Somerset, you're the area's first choice in late model one-owner automobiles. Family-owned business for over 40 years? Matthew Auto Sales also has auto glass repair, auto body, and towing services. Come by and see Richie about the good buy of the week. That's Matthew Auto Sales on Route 6 in Somerset, or check them out at www.matthewauto.com, or give them a call at 508-678-9033. That's 508-678-9033, and make sure to bring Oscar a doggy bone. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me today in studio is Barry Sanders. And uh, over the phone now, we have Revolution play-by-play announcer and uh, director of communications, Brad Feldman. Brad, can you hear us? Yes, I can. How are you, Sean? Great. Thanks a lot for joining us today. You bet. And uh, the Revs got off to such a great start. Um, still in first place at this point. Uh, but in recent weeks, we saw a little bit of uh, n- not as much dominating performances from the Reds, and then we saw uh, the the struggling game on co- against Colorado, in which they were outshot 18 to four. Still, uh, proven to be a great team, uh, but without missing some of their key players, um, the depth really hasn't proven to be there at this point. Uh, we we heard um, Hernandez coming in, and now we're hearing talk about uh, Ricardo Phillips possibly. Uh, do you think the Reds are doing the right, coming in the right direction to fill that spot? Well, first of all, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, you know, they were missing some key players during that stretch, and, and in July, I, I really think the Revolution looked to be close to back to their best uh, over about two and a half games after the All-Star break. Obviously, they didn't get the result against Kansas City, but if they finished their chances in the first half in that match, uh, you know, like they usually do, I, I think that it would have been a, a much more 
not only would they have gotten the win, but I think that they would have it would have been a wide open game where you might have seen a lot of a lot of goals. And then RSL, obviously Real Salt Lake, they they, they took it to them. And and Dallas, while it wasn't a wire to wire whistle to whistle dominating performance, I thought they owned the first half and you know they weathered the storm. Really didn't allow a lot of good chances, even when Dallas had more of the ball. And uh, you know you get to Colorado, you know it's really five games. And what was it, 15 days? He's throwing the the, uh, the open cup match, uh, and the guys were, were were leg weary. They were missing, you know, some key guys, uh, three starters, and uh, it wasn't their best game. But you know, I, I think you could say the depth hasn't been there on the one hand, but you could also say that the the refs have a lot more depth than they did last season, and even the, and even the season before. I think when you look at some of the guys that they have coming off the bench, yeah, you know, there were games last year. Where the Revs had Dauda Conte, Luke Vercoloni, and nobody as their outfield subs. You know, and now you have guys like Latham and, and Riley, you know, who can come in and do a job. Now, they're not all star caliber performers yet, but I think they're a big step above what we saw the last two or three years in New England. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Hernandez is a great signing. Uh, I think you saw his composure on the ball. He wasn't a game breaker. Uh, Against Colorado, but you know he's playing at altitude in his first game since May, uh, and I think he did all the things that you want to see out of him: get stuck in, win some balls, uh, distribute cleanly. Uh, you know he played the short pass, the long pass. He has vision. He looks stronger and more composed than he did when he left two years ago. Ricardo Phillips is in the fold. It's not a possibility; it's a definite. Uh, he's signed, and it's just a question of getting his uh, work visa, you know, paperwork. Uh, Sorted out, and then he'll, uh, you know, after the uh, the World Cup qualifier on September 3rd, I think that you're going to see him, you know, in, in the squad. And uh, the Reds made another move recently, uh, sort of flew under the radar screen, but uh, they swapped out some salary cap considerations, some uh, salary budget considerations for uh, for uh, two uh, draft picks, a conditional uh, second round pick uh, from Chivas USA next uh, year, um, and in the following year they'll get us. Third round, the natural third round pick from Chivas USA. So basically, they took unused salary room and uh, sent it Chivas's way in exchange for two high draft picks, which the Reds have shown themselves very adept at using. So I think the Reds are very much headed in the right direction. I don't see a lot of other teams that have a lot of depth where, you know, if you lost three, four, five of your top guys, you're not going to have any drop off. Chicago's had some injuries now. You might say they were deeper at Ford than anybody, but now Jake was done for the year. Lubos Ryder hasn't panned out quite the way they expected. And so, you know, I don't know. Like, I think the Reds, are, you, to answer your question, are on the right track as much as you can be in this league with some of the limitations you have. And with the game against Colorado, we also saw disappointment in Matt Reese getting the red card and Dempsey out with yellow card accumulation against what could turn out to be a key matchup against D.C. United next weekend. Um, does that really add more disappointment to a disappointment, what already disappointing loss? Well, yeah, no question about it. You know, I think when Reese watches the tape, he's going to say, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that." You know, that's a situation where they, you know, they teach these guys to be decisive and come off their line. But he didn't need to, you know, pancake Noel like that with a two-hander to the chest. He might have done better to try to jockey, wait for some help, and at one nothing, you know, with, with a big game coming up in ten days, you know, that that was an automatic red card to take out the last man like that. And Matt's smarter than that. Uh, yeah, there was a level of disappointment, and also. Uh, Dempsey, you know, I had some fans tell me, well, he didn't really connect with the elbow. The reason Kacho got the bloody nose is because the ball ricocheted off of Dempsey's head and into Kacho's face, which may be true, but I do think Clint connected with the elbow to the chin. Uh, maybe not in a way that was, you know, going to be a jawbreaker, but 
yeah, there was, obviously there's disappointment there, but it's a long season, and you know sooner or later. A guy, an aggressive player like Clint Dempsey is going to add up those caution points. If he got him through the game, he's only going to drop down to 14 points or two more yellow cards. And, you know, in some respects, you'd rather have him sit out in uh, late August and, uh, you know, September, October. So, you know, it wasn't the most uh, heady play by either of those guys. But, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see how much it ends up hurting the revolution. Obviously, Doug Warren's still pretty untested as a rev. Uh, and there's no question the D.C. game is going to be big. It's a six-pointer in the division that's very, very, very tight right now. You know, in some respects, I think Kansas City and D.C. look like bigger threats in Chicago at this point. And we, with the Reds, we saw Pat Noonan having to sit out due to injury at, since his national team uh, play. He was doing great for the Reds, uh, one of their key players early in the year, but now he's got the injury from the national team. Uh, he's been predicted to start every game since then, uh, but he hasn't been out in the field. Can we expect him to be ready in time for our next weekend's game? Well, I can't really say. I think the thinking behind not putting Pat, Pat could have gone a couple minutes. I think on a on a Wednesday night in Colorado. Uh, you know, I'm not the the team trainer. Only Steve Glazer can can really answer that question, and Pat himself. But uh, you know, I all I can tell you is I saw you know Pat out running in Dallas the day uh, that the reserves beat the Dallas reserves two one at the Frisco uh, you know the Pizza Hut Park training uh, facility. And he looked to be moving pretty well. And then he trained lightly. It was a light session uh, that Monday after the the Dallas game before we went to Denver. And Pat looked pretty good there, too, although he was not doing all the drills. He was still just, you know, working on running, acceleration, cutting. And, uh, you know, I talked to him. You know, if you listen to In the Net, I I talked to him uh, that day in – that Monday in in, uh, Dallas. And, you know, he said there was still some soreness, and he's been very frustrated – but, you know, it would be hard for me to, to predict. I would say with the 10-day layoff now, I, I would be very surprised that unless Pat rolled that, again, re-aggravated the injury if he didn't try to play. Now, whether he's in the starting 11 or not, you know, that's one only Steve Nickel can tell you. But I think one of the reasons they didn't use him in Colorado is they didn't want to take the chance with the stretch run coming up uh, that he might re-injure it when it's still a little sore. And Rose fans have been uh, closely following, I'm sure, the progress of the national team players who've been with the U.S., uh, we see Taylor Twelman, who's who's done so well on MLS and hasn't been able to put goals on the on the score sheet for the U.S. team. And then we saw on Wednesday night uh, he scores the goal and it's called offside. It looks like it's onside. He seemed to be upset about it. Um, do, do, can you sense that he's getting frustrated from the the bad luck he's had with the national team? Yeah, he'll never say it. Obviously, every player you know dreams of going to a World Cup, and this is the time in the qualifying cycle where you know you got to make make an impression, or Bruce isn't going to bring you over next year. You know, uh, you know, Taylor says all the right things to his credit. He never goes out and gripes about you know lack of opportunities or bad luck. I, I think he did gripe a little bit about <laughs> the linesman when he in his interview with Jeff Bradley on the league website the other day. But fair dues, you know, that was a from every angle that I saw that the wrong call and it, you know in the end it didn't change the result but you know that is the knock on Taylor's that he's a goal scorer who hasn't scored goals now if you look at the actual number of minutes that he's been on the field you know it's, it's hard to say that he's had a ton of chances but you know Jason Christ never made that impression either and now he's out of the picture altogether so you know Taylor's still young enough that he's going to get other chances but you know, at his age, you know he'd ha- he'd have to feel like 2006 is, the, is his World Cup where he'd be closest to his athletic prime as a striker. So I'm sure there's frustration there. And Ricardo Phillips obviously proved to be a great player against um, 
the U.S. and against Colombia in the Gold Cup. He's shown to be an excellent talent. Uh, but some of the times when you probably could use him most are when the national team players are missing. You see a guy like Steve Rawson called up and you could fill in for that position, but he'll be likely up with Panama as well. Um, is he a guy that you could see fighting for a starting spot and having a starting spot come time for the playoffs and being an impact that way? Certainly he could be with the level of talent he, you know, he's displayed. You know, most of us have only seen him playing for Panama. He's played you know, in, the, in, the, in the Panama First Division for Tower FC and a couple other clubs. And you're not going to see those games even if you have every satellite package on the planet. Uh, you know, in putting together the press release, we had trouble finding stats from that league. But you know, he's he's done it. You know, at the international level, he's a, you know he's, he's a mature player. He's 30 years old. Certainly, you would think he would have the the presence to go along with that skill that he could challenge for a starting spot. Do I think he'll displace Steve Ralston? I doubt it, unless. Steve were to you know knock on wood you know get hurt you know I, I you know I think it's a question of at this time of year you know the best available player that you can that you're able to bring in with the resources you have and I think that that's what you know he was one of several players in the Concacaf region played in the Gold Cup that were on the radar for Steve Nichol and and his staff and you know that's who they ended up with uh, you know he obviously had a monster game uh, against Colombia and uh, you know good on the res for, you know, bringing a guy like that in. You know, people say, well, where's the senior international? Well, here's your senior international. <laughs> He's a guy who scored goals in, you know, in big spots. And uh, we saw, as we mentioned earlier, Matt Reese is going to be out and Doug Warren coming in. Doug Warren hasn't started a league game for the Revs yet, and his only time was the game against Colorado. He did play in the Open Cup and showed pretty well in that match. Uh, but do you think it's good for him to be coming in against the former team that uh, let him go, and do you think that's going to put fire under his belly and make him want to play that much better? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if fire in the belly is what serves goalkeepers the best. You know, I mean, they all have a little, a little bit of a screw loose, as we know, and you don't have to, you know, he wouldn't be at this level if he didn't have the aggressiveness and, and, and you know, the, the, the bottle, as it were, to, you know, to stand in the pipes. And, and, and you know, I, I've, seen a, I've seen a goalkeeper in Doug Warren who's, who really commands his box. Uh, is not afraid to come out and clear some people out. Uh, you know, uses his brain, maybe not as good as, uh, with his feet as a Matt Reese, but you know, is still skillful. And I think he just needs confidence and to get some rhythm. I think, you know, yeah, there will be some motivation to try to pr- prove DC United wrong for 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 getting getting rid of him. But I think he doesn't want to be too jacked up for that game. I think for a keeper, you know, you want to be sort of more in that zone of, of concentration than anything else. And we saw the Revs switch up their formation uh, against Colorado, uh, probably because of the lack of players and forwards, um, with Conley Adozian out, as well as the Pat Noonan out and Taylor Tone with the national team. Uh, is, is there any chance that we could see a Revs make a formation change um, with the switch of Doug Warren to goal? Not a, I think it had, honestly, Sean, I think it had to do with, you know, the, the, two, the two factors there were the altitude and... Steve Nichol trying to get his best 11 players onto the field for that night, best available 11. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think that they had to struggle too long to make that decision. Um, you know, I know that other options were thought about. Obviously, it was a 3-5-2 uh, system from from square one this year, but uh, you can't discount just how difficult the work is for the outside midfielders when you go up to Colorado uh, in, in that in a 3-5-2 when you don't have you know like when you don't have the back four behind you and and, and the wing backs really have to cover that space you know tucking in on the on the weak side and, and so you know it's 
you know, in the end, the result didn't work out. But you know, until the goal, you know, the Revs did pretty well. They weren't. It wasn't exciting stuff. You know, it's tough just playing on the counter and playing with the the lone forward as the hold up guy, especially a guy who's not a natural target forward. Clint Dempsey has the body type of a target forward, but we know that he likes to attack from you know deeper positions in the in the midfield. So it was you know a less than ideal solution for a less than ideal scenario. And I think that there, you know, if you know. If uh, Kong Kong doesn't hit that bomb, you know, and they're still in there nil nil late in the game, you know, who knows what happens? Steal a point or or, or three points on the road. So I, I don't see that as a precursor to a move to a back four going forward. Although you know we we've seen Steve Nichol coaches very situationally, and things change. He will he will change. So it could be a possibility that we see with Matt Reese out, who's been more of a, a guy who's good with his feet and getting more of a sweeper keeper, and the change to. Um Doug Warren, you, you think that could be a possibility? No, I don't think so. And if, if it were a switch, it'd be more. It would be a four-four-two. It wouldn't be four-five-one at home, yeah. obviously. Um, but I, I no, I don't see all of a sudden, a, you know, uh, the revolution going to, you know, a back four. Yep. As a regular thing, because you know, Warren is not bad with his feet. You know, what I mean, like the, the the main reason for going to a three-five-two this year is not because of Matt Reese. You know, don't you know? Never mind what you read in the newspaper. It had more to do with the fact that you know you want to get all your best midfielders on the field. When you've got Dempsey, Joseph, Cancela, Dorman, you know you're wasting talent. If you got a four-four-two now. You have Daniel Hernandez and Ricardo Phillips who can play in a, in a central position as well. You know you're playing four-four-two. You know where do you, you know? And you have Noonan Twelman back. You know who do you leave out? Is it is it, is it Dempsey? You can't leave out Clint Dempsey. If Shari Joseph is arguably the best defensive midfielder. Now, you know, Jose Cancela has sat at turns, but you know, you have Hernandez and Dorman, who is a starting caliber player as well. I'd be shocked if, you know, if in a big game at home he went to a four, you know, four-man back line. And we were talking about earlier um, the exciting games we've seen in the past uh, between the Revs and D.C., and then we got the game coming up this weekend. That's even more important now that D.C. is right back in the hunt for um, possibly first place in the East. What do you think the fans can expect to see out of uh, the game coming up on Saturday? Well, I think, uh, you know, regardless of whether Clint Dempsey's there or Matt Reese is there, they're not going to be there. The Revolution have proven that, you know, they want to get on the front foot. They're playing at home. You know, you know Fortress Foxborough, as it were, you know, it's, they've only been beaten once at home. Uh, D.C. is a good attacking team, but they're not a particularly great defensive team. They gave up three goals against the L.A. Galaxy at home yesterday, and uh, it's been sort of musical chairs, you know, with it, with their back line. So... I would be very surprised if the Revolution didn't come out of the gate flying. Now, if they can find that passing rhythm where they're playing one-two touch football at home, you know, even in the Colorado game, there were a few moments where they started to stroke it around, play that good stuff against Dallas. There were long stretches, especially in the first half, where they found that rhythm. And like I said, Real Salt Lake and Kansas City. So even though they haven't dominated anybody wire to wire in, uh, you know, in a few weeks. Uh, this is an excellent passing team, and I think the more they possess the ball and and move in, into their attacking third and look look for scoring opportunities, uh, the more they're going to you know take away from you know DC being able to play from their to their strength, which is playing through guys like Gomez and Jaime Moreno. And with the game on Tuesday, you see um, Steve Nichol heading off to coach the MLS select team against Real Madrid. Uh, really a testament to how well the Reds have done and what the work Steve Nichols done for the team to get called up for that position. Uh, 
but uh, originally it sounded like the whole coaching staff would be, and now it's just um, the, him with the Metro Stars assistant coach and a few other guys. Is that partially uh, because the Revs are going to be training while the team's gone in Spain? Well, first of all, let me say I'm really happy for Steve. I think it's a great honor and well-deserved, and uh, I think he's going to represent the league really well. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the Trofeo Santiago Bernabeu is a very different thing for Real Madrid than playing an exhibition game four weeks after their season in the Home Depot Center. Uh, you know, they're going to be in front of their home fans, and as good a squad as the MLS is sending over there. Uh, I'm a little bit worried when you look at some of the past results. You know, Everton lost a few years back six to one. <laughs> you know, they don't show any mercy. You know, some people thought that Zinedine Zidane could have scored four goals at the Home Depot Center by himself a couple of weeks ago, and I thought LA, especially with that Landon Donovan, very well in that game. But uh, you know, Shalry <laughs> Joseph is going to have to, you know, win a lot of tackles <laughs> against the likes of, you know, if you got Jose Bursiaga Jr. as your starting left back, which I think might be the case, you know, he's going to be bombing forward. They're going to be, you know, he's the, he's no Roberto Carlos. Let's put it that way. I like Bursiaga. I think he's a good player for MLS, but they're going to have to be really smart. And uh, you know, it, ooh, that's that's a tough team to have to play at their place. But to answer your question, it was reported incorrectly. I was actually sort of surprised. Um, you know, again, you know, as great as the coverage is in our market, uh, sometimes things, stories go around in a way that's unverified. I think in this case, the league put out the information incorrectly. Paul Mariner and David Vinoli were never going to that game. It was always set up that way. And Steve Nichol, you know, had his choice. He's very comfortable with Mo Johnston, you know. Uh, Mo's, uh, not only did the two of them play together for Scotland, uh, but uh, their fathers knew each other. You know, going back years before either of them were born, and so um, you know, there's a comfort level with uh, Morris, as, as Stevie calls him, and and uh, Steve Nichol that made him an obvious second choice. So once uh, you know Paul Mariner, you know was you know not considered. It, the reason is exactly what you hit on, Sean. Uh, it, the Revs have a big game coming up on Saturday, and to take uh, Paul Mariner out of the mix Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, would have been very difficult. Somebody had to run practice and, you know, you know, you could say, oh, well, why not have Mike Burns do it or something like that, but, you know, there's a continuity that you want to have and Paul Mariner is the minute-to-minute guy blowing the whistles every day and so I think it's, it's important that, uh, that uh, you know, that they have that continuity. So, you know, Paul Mariner has been to Spain before. <laughs> uh, I don't think he ever played at the Bernabeu, but he, has, he, he scored a goal at uh, Camp New against Barcelona in the UEFA Cup. I think it was 1980 or 81. So uh, you know he's he's been there, done that, and while it would have been a good honor for for him, Rusty Wummel, the uh, Revs trainer, is going over. That's pretty cool. Uh, he showed me the uh, the jersey, the black jersey that the MLS uh, selector are going to be wearing. It's a nice kit, and uh, I think the Revs will be well represented. Like you say, you know, it's a testament to their success on the field. I'm glad that. Uh, Clint and, and Shawree and, and Matt are going to get the chance to do that. It's a, what, you know, a once in a lifetime. Maybe not a once in a lifetime, but a, 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 you know, a, it's a memory that they'll always have and, and, and an honor that you know it's a real feather in, in all of their caps. All the players are going, and uh, like I said, I, you know, as great as the results were between the various MLS teams and the European and UK teams uh, back in July, this this one I worry for a little bit uh, just because. It's it's really very much an away game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, before we let you go, could you tell us a little bit about um, the stuff you do on RevolutionSoccer.net, uh, in the net, and uh, Revolution Video News? Oh yeah, sure. I'll always give myself a plug if you give me the, if you <laughs> tee me up for it. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I'd like to think that anybody who's listening. Uh, 
to the show is aware of this, but the, the Revolution uh, official website, revolutionsoccer.net, uh, features more uh, self-produced uh, multimedia content than any other uh, website in MLS. Uh, for three seasons now, uh, I've uh, hosted and as well as produced and edited uh, Revolution Video News, which is just a little uh, you know, weekly uh, recap of what the team's been doing, its highlights. Uh, we rerun some of the halftime features, some, you know, have other exclusive content, sometimes interviews that aren't available. Uh, you know, anywhere but on revolutionsoccer.net. And we try to give you extended highlights that are more extensive or more revs-focused than maybe what you'd find on the league website. Uh, but, you, again, we were doing it long before the league website threw up uh, highlights, and it's a lot of fun for me to do and also a way for me to sort of go back and study the, study the games very closely. Uh, so, you know, no matter where you are, you can, you know, go back and, and see what the revs have done. That's posted every Friday afternoon. And then on Tuesday at uh, 1 o'clock from 1 to 2, we do a talk show, not dissimilar uh, from Revolution Recap, but uh, I anchor it and I host it, I should say, in the uh, Gillette uh, Stadium uh, audio studio. And we have uh, guests from all over the, the, the MLS world. We have local journalists uh, as well as uh, as well as well uh, players and coaches and uh, journalists from around the U.S., mostly you know national soccer reporters and uh, sometimes we try to preview the game uh, coming up for the refs so it's a lot of fun and you know it's you know, just more content for Revs fans so one of these days soon we have to have you on Sean I appreciate you uh, giving me a call well thanks a lot for joining us today alright guys talk to you soon uh, that was Brad Feldman the Revolution uh, play-by-play announcer as well as director of communications uh, we're going to take a quick break now and then we'll be back with more Revolution Recap, and hopefully joining us will be uh, Frank DeLapa, the, the Revolution writer for the Boston Globe. For 120 years, the Sun Chronicle newspaper has been providing Southern Massachusetts with the best in local news. And now, the Sun Chronicle is available in stores and on racks every day by 6 a.m. But that's not all. When you open your Sun Chronicle, you'll find three new tabloid-sized pull-out sections. There's The Place, written by teenagers for teenagers. The Place will feature interviews with local high schoolers and also contain student art as well as what's hot in music and Hollywood. You can also look for the Sun Chronicles newly designed pull-out sports section. Not only will you continue to get the Sun Chronicles award-winning coverage of local and pro sports, but you, the reader, can sound off in the all-new sports forum. Finally, look out for the Get Out section every Thursday for a helpful way to plan your weekend. Get Out offers theater reviews as well as listings of night spots, restaurants, and movies. Get Out will also provide best bets to help you make the most of your leisure time. The Sun Chronicle newspaper, your very best source for local news.
Whenever the Sports Journal hits the road, they hit the road in style with a town car from Town Car Travel. See how affordable luxury can be? Town Car Travel will bring you anywhere you need to go in style. Town Car sedans in black and white, late model 810 passenger limousines, and a 2003 Ford 14 passenger van. They service all the major airports, cruise ports, train stations, bus stations, casinos, and concert venues. Plan that special night out for almost any event. They offer any point-to-point transportation in the Northeast area. That's Town Car Travel. Check them out on the web at towncartravel.com or give them a call at 508-678-5500. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500. Or if you're in Rhode Island, 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel, 508-678-5500 or 401-662-6956. That's Town Car Travel, and the next time you arrive, you'll arrive in style. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me today in studio is Coach Barry, uh, Barry Sanders from... Uh, BigSoccer.com moderator, Coach Barry. And uh, now over the phone we got uh, Frank DeLapa from the Boston Globe and SoccerNet, ESPN SoccerNet. Frank, can you hear us? Yeah, sure. I got you. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Sure. Good to be with you. Um, and you were out there for the Revs' uh, disappointing loss to Colorado. Well, what do you think is what's the big difference between that game and some of the games early in the year uh, that we've seen the Revs dominate in? Yeah, I thought that the difference was they played with one striker, and that, I, I don't think... Um, that, that really helped them, you know. I think it was pretty conservative, and uh, you know, it was one of those things that almost worked. I think uh, the coaches thought that the the team was, you know, really affected by the travel and uh, you know the uh, uh, all the games being played, and then the elevation in, in Denver. And uh, you know, maybe they're right, and uh, you know, it, it almost worked. But uh, I think that was uh, that was the big difference, you know, not having uh, uh, not being at their best offensively and not having two strikers. I thought that that hurt them. And we see the, the two players get uh, suspended for the next game, Clint Dempsey from College Points and Matt Reese from Ejection. Uh, Doug Warren's going to be stepping in and starting his first MLS game. Is, is he a player that you think can step in and fill in Matt Reese's shoes and uh, play well enough to get the Revs a win there against the D.C. side that's been playing pretty well recently? Yeah, I think he'll play. You know, I think he's a good goalkeeper at a three-five-two. You know, he's uh, got good. He's good with his feet, and uh, you know that's that's uh, really important. He'll probably be like a sweeper back there. So I think it's a real good test for for the Revolution. You know, you need to play these these games with. Sometimes you you know you you're not uh, going to be at your best, even though in this case you know sort of self destructed. You know, in the past they've had injuries or national team call ups, and you know you sort of have that. An excuse there, you know, which where the level does drop off when you're missing your best guys. But uh, you know, so this, this, these were just uh, legitimate, uh, you know, cautions or, or rejections with with Matt Reese. So they're, they're going to have to uh, just adjust to that. And uh, yeah, it's a real test for for guys like uh, Doug Warren. But uh, you know, I think he, he's he's good in this system, and uh, so we'll see how it goes. And you were really the first one to report uh, the Revs signing of Ricardo Phillips. Uh, we got Brad Feldman to confirm that earlier in the show. Uh, but w- what do you expect the Revs to see out of uh, a player like him who's done so well internationally for Panama? Yeah, I think that's the kind of guy they could have used uh, in Denver, you know, because in Colorado where they only had a couple of healthy strikers. Now here was a guy that's a real good attacking midfielder striker, and uh, 
obviously he won't be uh, ready to play uh, until next month apparently but uh, he'll be in training this week and uh, you know, I think he's a little different dimension for him also uh, he's he's kind of a, a smaller faster guy you know so that I think that that's uh, kind of gives you a little little different option up there and uh, I think he can he can kind of help him uh, at this stage of the season going into the playoffs you need one or two new guys to to kind of change the dynamic and you know, you see most teams are sort of doing that they're uh, you know except for like Chivas which is you know revamping the entire team everybody else is sort of fine tuning in that this is what uh, Ricardo Phillips will do give him a little fine tuning and extra edge there and the game coming up against DC DC's been playing really well uh, other than the weekend's game lost to Los Angeles uh, but they're they're really a team that at this point in the season, has very much the potential to come back and take first place away from the Revs. How important is this game for the Revs, and uh, what do you expect to see out of them? Yeah, it's going to be really, really. Uh, it's a really good game. A real good rivalry's developed. Uh, both teams are, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, pretty evenly matched in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, they, it's really a, going to be a really, I think, a physical game. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of it's going to go to the willpower, you know, of who really uh, shows up at the, uh, and uh, it's going to go a long ways to determining who uh, wins the division, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big game, it'll be very, very interesting to see how that comes out, I think the level, you know, of this match, the competitive level is is, is knocked up a few notches, uh, the first time they played in D.C. was pretty high, high level, the Revolution won, and uh, the next time they played in D.C., which, it was a uh, you know, DC came out to play and uh, really won that. You know, really deserved to win that game. Uh, although they faded at the end, so uh, this this game should should take it to another level. And we see with the Revs now adding the depth. We got Daniel Hernandez, uh, Jose Cancela, Clint Dempsey, Shari Joseph, and Andy Dorman all competing for the same uh, three spots in the field. Really, uh, do do you uh, anticipate that being a problem at all? Possibly uh, for five guys that really have good arguments that they should be starters competing for three spots and possibly some problems coming in the future in the locker room? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, uh, Sean, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the problem with soccer is you can only use 11 guys. So, you know, I think the, the team's much better. They've got all these guys out there, but they can't use them all. Uh, and somebody's going to have to uh, be sacrificed sit on the bench on that. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Steve Nichols has actually been very good at uh, – at sort of changing the, the lineup and uh, substituting when he needs to, and uh, and uh, you know I think guys have accepted that because they know you know they're in a first place team, so some guys might be in that role of sort of subbing and uh, you know or maybe spot playing. They might not get 90 minutes, but um, I think uh, it won't be a problem because uh, as far as I've seen, you know the team's got a pretty good attitude. They're, they're positive, you know they're optimistic, and you know they're playing pretty good ball and. Uh, you can't really, uh, nobody can really complain if they're not in the lineup, uh, you know, because they, they're going to get their chance. So so it should be interesting. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're over, overstocked in midfield, as you say. And Pat Noonan's been out for a while now since coming back injured from the national team. Um, he had been really linking up well with Taylor Trauman at the start of the season. Um, with him coming back, do you, do you anticipate possibly um, at least a little more time to come back and adjust to playing how well they've been playing before after the long layoff for him? Yeah, I don't think he'll be a problem in that sense. Uh, you know, I, I kind of figured out Noonan, you know, after seeing him play for a couple of years, and I think what, what he does is the main thing, his main strength is that Noonan makes everybody better. You know, he's got really just a good feel for the game, a real good touch on the ball, 
timing is excellent, and uh, he'll sort of, like, I think, put everything together. So whoever the other uh, ten guys are on the field with him, you know, he'll be fine. He, he doesn't rely on, you know, speed and, you know, physical, uh, you know, power and, and uh, all that stuff. He relies on technique and skill and, and his instinct for the game. And uh, so I think he should, should fit right back in and, and probably uh, really be a real key in the last uh, ten games here or so. Frank, this is Barry Sanders. Uh, hey, Barry. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, Steve Ralston play since he got back from uh, the U.S. national team the first time around with that concussion. He seems to have, you know, he seems to have dropped off a bit, and I'm wondering if, uh, you know, there's any uh, news about, uh, you know, some lingering effects of the concussion, or if he's just maybe dog tired from all the games, or if, uh, you know, what's going on with him recently. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, uh, okay, as far as that goes, um, you know, maybe his timing got a little bit off. I, I don't know, but uh, he's physically seems okay. Um, you know, he, he was going through, uh, yeah, like you, you, you noticed, he played a lot of games there, so maybe some a little bit of exhaustion. And, uh, um, you know, I think they, his wife is just having a baby in the last few days, so a little distraction there, too. So, yeah, you probably, yeah, he's pretty resilient. You know, you probably see him... Um, Get rejuvenated a little bit here, <laughs> you know, uh, with all that stuff off his mind uh, coming up here, you know, although a couple more qualifiers to play, but with a lot less pressure in those games. And maybe with Ricardo Phillips nipping at his heels, it'll uh, provide <laughs> a little more motivation for that right sided spot. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so that's a good, good point. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, I really think that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll also benefit by, you know, getting everybody sort of back in the lineup it still hasn't uh, they don't have the continuity they had that they really had you know when they were really winning games and I think that'll help help him if they can get that back well thanks a lot for joining us Frank okay Sean good to be with you guys and uh, you can check out that was Frank DeLapa from the Boston Globe and you can check out his articles at uh, boston.com as well as at uh, soccernet.com now at ESPN's website and earlier we were talking about the U.S. national team game. We actually have uh, Bruce Arena's press conference as well as some comments from Brian McBride uh, that we can play for you now about uh, the U.S. national team's game. Well, I think we deserved the three points tonight. I thought we played very well, and uh, I think I think we felt guilty of perhaps making things a little bit difficult on ourselves. We uh, created a number of good goal-scoring opportunities and came up short, and that allowed uh, Trinidad to hang around for, you know, 89 minutes or so when I think they could have been punished and, and sent home a lot early. But give them credit. I think they never quit. They defended well. And, uh, you know, we failed to convert our chances. However, uh, the three points is huge. Fifteen points after six games uh, is as good as it gets. And I think we're getting real close to qualifying for Germany. So we're pleased where we are. We'll... Uh, Size up the troops after this game uh, and prepare for the next set of games against Mexico and Guatemala. I think it's a combination of the experience and the leadership from players like Brian and Casey Keller and Claudio today, and, and uh, the injection of some uh, young players that help that help make a difference as well. I think tonight it's exciting for me to see the young players such as uh, Gooch and Condi and Caranta come in and do well and Twelman at the end. So I, I, you know, I see. A lot of positive things, not only uh, in this final round of qualifying, but uh, hopefully uh, uh, for the following year as well as we prepare our team once we qualify for the World Cup.
that was head coach Bruce Arena um, on the U.S. national team game. Uh, also on Wednesday, I had the opportunity to go to ESPN. They make the announcement that every si- all 64 games of the World Cup will be on ESPN, uh, ESPN2 or ABC, and also on HDTV. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to talk to ESPN soccer analysis, Tommy Smith, and his thoughts on soccer in the U.S., as well as what it's like to be a, working for ESPN, and we can play that for you now. You've been covering soccer for um, a while now, doing all the European games and what do you think it needs to, to do really take off here in America? Well, I think probably one of the things you need to do is you need to get a couple of high-profile players, preferably profile players who can deal with the English media. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that over the years they've never signed a real high-profile English player or an Irish player because you look at the communities here and obviously there would be a lot of support for them, I imagine. And now with talk of David Beckham possibly coming over here, do you think that one of the signings that would be heading in the right direction? Well, if you could get David Beckham to come, it would be a huge sign. But uh, David Beckham, I think, he's more or less said that he's going to sign with Real Madrid. Um, You might get him in four or five years. I'm not sure that that's early enough. I think they need to make a move before that. I think you need to get somebody in before. In the next two, three years, I think you need to get somebody in to start driving this league. You need somebody to carry it. I mean, you look at the Australians. The Australians are uh, starting their league on uh, this coming Friday night. And they have signed Dwight York to be the face of their league because of the fact that he played with Manchester United maybe he's gone past his prime I mean you'll find out when you see him playing with Trinidad and Tobago but the the point about it is that it's a focal point and people say okay Dwight York I know who Dwight York is and I go out to see Dwight York and I think that's something that they they have to look at and as far as the U.S. national team, um, ranked sixth, highest ranking ever, but still don't seem to get the respect um, in some parts of the world uh, where they think the sixth ranking is ridiculous. What do you think the U.S. needs to do to prove that they deserve that ranking to the rest of the world? Well, I think if you look at the last World Cup and you see the, the U.S. being beaten 4-0 by Poland, and you say to yourself, well, are they the sixth best team in the world? I mean, are they a better team than England? Are they a better team than Spain? Are they a better team, for instance, than the Republic of Ireland? I, I don't think you can put much into the fact that what the ratings are the ratings are the figment of somebody's imagination the only time you get respect in this game there is no respect in this game unless you go out and get it covering uh, the European game um, you see a lot of leagues over there for example uh, German really playing the German league staying there Uh, with the US you've seen the best players go over to England but now they're really trying to make an effort to keep their top stars like Landon Donovan and Eddie Johnson do you think that's a step in the right direction for the league as well? Well it's a step in the right direction maybe but you know one of the ways you become a better football player or soccer player whatever you like to call it is by playing against better players and if you are in a position where every week you can look at the manager and say okay I know that I'm going to be on the team today uh, I'm not sure what it does for a player's career because there's certainly no incentive to go out and work yourself off if you are in a team like Manchester United and you're saying to yourself okay I get one bad game and I'm going to be down with the reserves there's there's a huge reason why you should go out every week and work your tail off I don't think it's good for players to be complacent about the place they have and that they can be sure of the place. I think the best teams are made up of players who have two or three players of equal at the one at the one position. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea have two world class players at every position. Nobody knows from week to week who's going to be playing. And I think that's good for the game and I think it's good for the players. And that was Tommy Smith, uh, ESPN soccer analysis. We gotta wrap things up now. I'd like to thank Coach Barry for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me again. And I'd also like to thank our other guests, Frank DeLapa and Brad Feldman, for joining us over the phone. Uh, join us again next week. We're here every week from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer. Archives can be found at revolutionrecap.com, and you can get the latest revs news at anyrevs.com. Uh-huh.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.